Hi, Rammies. Welcome to Write Answers Mostly, a podcast on what you didn't learn in history class, but you really, really wanted to. I'm your host, Claire Donald. And I'm your other host, Tess Palomo. Join us every Monday as we have a cocktail or smoke a joint and we dive into the juiciest stories from history. Our most popular episodes are the Titanic, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, the Romanoffs, early 2000s, and Salem Witch Trials, so make sure to check those out. And if you want a quicker episode that's 30 minutes or less, check out our Lammy episodes. And as always, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Right Answers Mostly. We love hearing from y'all. Welcome to the fam. XOXO. Tess and Claire. Welcome back, Lammies. Hi, you cute little thing. Cute little Lammies. It's just like a Ram episode, but little. But small. That's Tess Palomo. And that's Claire Donald. And you guys, we're bringing you another episode of the Lammies, which is just, you know, a tightened, shortened version, kind of like a summer school-esque episode. I apologize if I do baby talk. Oh, I realize that's how I started the episode of only doing baby talk, okay. and I regret that. It, it's really, it's really hard. I mean, watching old episodes of Keeping Up the Kardashians, Chloe Kardashian constantly talks in baby talks. When she was arrested for her DUI, she was talking to the officer in baby talk, and she calls um, her husband at the time, Lammy. Lammy, this goes out to Lamar Odom. We're thinking of you. <laughs> yeah. Also, listen to our episode of Chris Jenner. That's right. Always plugging. Always promoting. Mm. Today's episode is something that we've been talking about forever. People have asked us for it. And we've asked, I feel like every two weeks, Tess and I will all of a sudden, it's just, we're in conversation and then it's just like the draft. But it's something that is brought up on tons of episodes that we've covered. That's right. So today in our Lammies, we are, in our Lammies episode, we are covering the draft. Can't wait. We are also, again, just like our last Lamy episode, drinking Loverboy Espresso Martini. Mm, frothy, delicious. Delicious. You just need a little pep in your step sometimes, especially to get through dark subjects like this. Isn't that true, Claire? <laughs> it is true. It is true. Tess, do you know anything about the draft? I know that it forced you to go to war. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that um, post 9-11, I was really scared my brother would get drafted. Aww. And I ran into his room and I said, just tell them you're gay. <laughs> This was before my brother was out. Oh, wow. Well, um, so that's really all I can say. <laughs> we all have a similar story. So we know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that is so tender. Yeah. I didn't know really much about the draft either, except for that. I, I think I think of Vietnam a lot with the draft. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I dove in and let's just get straight into it. Yes. What is it? Well, for those unfamiliar with their civic duty... U.S. law still today says all male citizens of the United States and male immigrants, which I think is strange. And bizarrely, on this um, website, which I believe was a USA Today article, illegal immigrants, too, have to register for the selective service system, a.k.a. the draft, within 30 days of their 18th birthday. So you're not joining the military, but you're registering with the government to be available at a time where a draft would be necessary. So all the men in your life have had to do this. What? Isn't that crazy? Even still today. Why has no one told me? (laughs) I guess because we're not men. I don't know. So when you're 
on your 18th birthday to like fill out paperwork? I, I, that's a good question. I guess it's, it's within 30 days of your 18th birthday. So it's, it's not like we're sending you off to war, but just in case something happens, we need to have you in our system to be ready. That is so crazy to me. So crazy. I know. I, I remember hearing, I think my mom told me that a while ago. I was like, wait, what? Holy shit. W-U-T what? (laughs) What? (laughs) So do you know what, can you guess which war the draft started with? The draft started in World War One. The draft started in the Civil War. Oh? Yeah, so it goes back. As the war entered its third season, which like, what weird wording, like it's like- Beverly Hills? Yeah, it's like a Seinfeld episode, like entering its third season. Um, Congress was in need of more manpower for the Union Army. And they passed the Civil War Military Draft Act of 1863. And that act called for the registration of all male citizens between 20 and 35. And then all unmarried men between 35 and 45 subject to military duty. So if you're like, we're punishing you for being single, like you still are single. Yeah, then you deserve to die later in life. We see this throughout the whole history of the draft. It is wild. How it's all connected to like your status and marriage. and It's all based on, it's just privileged people getting to do whatever they want. This country is broken. It is so broken and it always has been. And yet as always, it fell on the poor because wealthier men had a loophole. They could hire a substitute to take their place in the draft or pay $300 for a draft exemption, which calculator time. (laughs) Put it in, Chris. Put it in. in. Um, Which today would be $6,883.55. At the time, that was a yearly salary for the average American worker. That is so fun. Of course, of course you could get out of it. That's what's so crazy. And like, if you're so desperate for money, what else that's, what else are you going to do? For the average person, that's a whole yearly salary. So not that many people could afford to hire someone else, but the wealthy few could. Who would it, like, who would it fall on if you were like, I'm out, I paid, then they would just ask. That you could just like, pi- find someone? like a poor person. Like, so they wouldn't, you couldn't, um, you couldn't do it like you couldn't just be like I'm out because I have money. You have to like hire someone who's willing to do it. I think so, but I think so many people were poor and were thinking like this could feed my family, so I'm gonna go. But then it's like you might not ever. I know come exactly, back. but also if you didn't, then your family could have that money. It's so dark. Would never want to be alive in this time. Would never. And this actually causes like huge draft riots. There was some in um like. Boston and Baltimore, but the deadliest one was in New York. And the African um, Americans were exempt from the draft as they were not considered citizens, but they were targeted in the riots because Irish immigrants who were were not exempt would target them because they were pissed. So fucked up. And And I think that we could do an episode on this New York riot because... The black community was so deeply affected by this riot. It's Mm. so fucked. It's so fucked. It really is. So that was um, the Civil War. Um, World War I. In 1917, President Woodrow Wilson signed the Selective Services Act, which is what basically the draft is now, which is what all 18-year-olds have to do now. And it's basically registering, saying that you'll be ready to go if we need you. So that's where that started. Got it. Um... 
So yeah, it held information on all the men and the age, the registration list was men 18 through 25. Okay. And they also had a separate draft that was um, a special skills draft based on professional licensing list of workers and specified healthcare occupations. So I think they had a separate draft for like when we need doctors to come over, not necessarily fight, but to go over and be doctors in war areas. Okay. So those two things. Um, And they also changed some things with the Civil War. They prohibited all forms of bounties, substitutions, or purchases of exemptions. Uh, Actually, so I think in the Civil War, you could actually just like pay the government and be like, we're good. (laughs) Guys, we discovered that our soundboard. (laughs) I was waiting to surprise you with something. That was the perfect time. Oh, man, it was a perfect time. So, yeah, if you were rich, you were fine. <clears throat> and, of course. Yeah. And also, at this time, they allowed um, conscientious, I believe, objector status. I think it's conscientious. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Which was granted to those who could demonstrate sincere- sincerity of belief in religious teachings combined with a profound moral aversion to war. So... Um, Jehovah's Witnesses, Quakers, all of them could be like it's against my religion. So religion was the only exemption. I believe at, at the first time. one at the at this time. I believe I could be wrong, and I will talk about later all the ways that we can get out of that. Say you're gay. That was one. So, so crazy. It's God. like we are desperate to fight for our country, unless you're gay. I'm just gonna be like deep sign. I think throughout the whole this time whole episode, this episode we should just title the draft "Deep Sigh." Deep Sigh. Yikes! So in 1917, 10 million men were registered. This was deemed to be inadequate. Like that's not enough. So age ranges were increased and exemptions reduced. So by the end of 1918, this increased to 24 million men that were registered, and nearly 30 or sorry, nearly three million inducted into military service. So. When they, obviously, when you're registered into the Service Act, it doesn't mean that you're going to go off, but then 3 million were drafted to go into military service. Um, And this had little resistance that we saw in the Civil War. You know, there was all those riots with the Civil War. This one was not, thanks to a well-received campaign by the government to increase support for the war. So they were like, you're doing service and you're a good person if you go off and fight for your country. And they shut down newspapers and magazines that publish articles against the war. It's like communism. It, like It truly is. That's really not chill. Good God. That's really scary. This might be a dumb question, but when you're going into war, like between each country, is there a maximum amount of soldiers or is it like we need to get more than them and you're always trying to one up like how many people Th- That's can go a good in? question. I feel like at some point and I was trying to like really like it's really hard for me to edit my notes and make them really guys, these tight. Are, these are challenging for us. So you're welcome. You're welcome. We are doing our best to appeal to you. It's but these terrifying. 30 minute episodes are scary. Um, but I believe at one point they had a cap. But from what I see over and over again, they're like, it's not enough. Okay. And they just added, like took away restrictions and added the cap or added men, like the number to of be drafted. Because it's just like so manic. It's so, so manic. So the draft was actually dissolved after World War One, I. I don't know why. I think that they were probably like, 
this will never happen again, this crazy world war. Isn't that what we always say? Isn't that what we always say? Well, then this little thing called World War II comes around. Like, not even that far apart from each other. What a crazy time. Really scary. Really scary. So, in September 1940, Congress uh, um, imposed the first peacetime draft in the history of the United States. So, this was actually, they were like, let's dissolve it. And then, I think, probably the government was getting inklings that things were going on. And they're like, there's not a war right now, but let's have a peacetime draft just in case something comes along. Right. So we don't need a war to start a draft is what they're saying. And this was the registration of men between the ages of 21 and 36. Okay. That was that peacetime war. It also reestablished a selective service system as an independent agency responsible for identifying young men and facilitating their military service. So the system that we have now to get people in the draft. So they reestablished that. After the United States entered World War II, it expanded the ages to include men from 18 to 37. So at first we were 20 th- 21 to 36. And they're like, no, let's add kids basically into oh, this. Oh, so that's when 18 yeah. started. Yeah, because they're like, we need more men. And why has that not been thought about to let's... I mean, I guess they're, they look at them as adults. It's just like so fucked that it's basically like, we're not actually killing enough people. So let's add more to the mix. Yeah, when you really think about why. Yes, it's just so... Scary. It's just wild to me. Wild. Like that, that this has always been a thing. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it gets even scarier. <sighs> so, also at this time, black citizens initially excluded from the draft were conscripted into the armed forces starting in 1943. Mm. So now we're just including more citizens and, and again, it's like black citizens don't even have the right to eat at the same restaurant, but we're going to force you into military service. Yeah. So fight for a country that is definitely not fighting for you at all. (sighs) Fucked up. Yeah. And a sigh again. Another one. Sorry. Yeah. No kidding. So after the Pearl Harbor attacks, um, the, the draft was extended. There was also like a term of service. So like you would have to serve for a certain amount of time Mm. and they extended it to the duration of the war plus six months. So it's like, we're going to pull you in and you have to stay in till the war is over. And then six months after that, and they changed the age requirement of all men, 18 to 64 years old. What is a 64-year-old going to be able to do? That's not even, like, tactful. That's no. not, like, a smart decision. No, they, they were just, like, literally, like, we need bodies, which is so gross. That is so gross. And also, think of 64 and World War II times. Like, that's even, like, now You're 64. on death's door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, actually. And um, so, during World War II, 49 million men were registered and 36 million classified and 10 million inducted. So I think that's why literally, well, my mom was 40 when she had me. And I think my grandma was a little older when she had her. So my grandpa was in World War II. I think some people's grandparents these days were in Vietnam, which is fucking crazy. But I feel like everyone's grandpa or a great grandpa was in World War II at that time. Wow. And I think that's why, because they were literally like, we're taking everybody. So how would they choose those 10 million? Well, it was the draft. Or like, was it so 30 registered and then how would they like, Oh, then was it random? I don't know. I think that they probably looked at physicals and stuff like that and like Mm. the best qualifying went there. Got it. That is a lot of people. And I got those numbers from history.com. So if anyone wants to come for me, come for history.com. 
our mother or is history. I feel like history.com is our mother and Wikipedia is our stepfather. Yeah. Who like we have issues with, who we don't really trust, <laughs> but it's all like, but it's you're there. always there for it's us. Basic, it's basic. Yeah, there. exactly. Love exactly. It. Um, and also like during World War II, we see like so many men were off that women had to step up and that's why we see like a league of their own. Oh, I love that movie so much. You know, that is the highest grossing baseball movie ever. Get women involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this soundboard. Guys, we're going to- So much. We're going to- Obsessed with it. We're going to overdo it until we're over lean it. Lean in. I don't know if we ever, I'm scared. I don't know what the other ones are yet. So I'm scared. Except one, for the fairies. one, we picked one and it started playing someone else's podcast. So we don't want to risk it. No, we cannot risk it. Um, so also I think we should do a league of their own at some point. The story of like the female baseball leagues and we stuff. Should. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, so the world war two draft operated from 1940 until 1946. And it, it, it basically expired without further extension in Congress in 1947. Um, however, the selective service system remained intact. So it's not like we're pulling men off to war, but you still have to register just in case we have to. And what if you said no? I don't think you could. I think you could be, you could be jailed or pay a huge fine. Okay. Pay a huge fine. Cause I'm like, I think. Well, that's also consci- conscientious. I think that's the word. I'm so sorry. Objector is like one of those people who's like, I am so morally against war. Okay. But I think it's really hard to pull that off. Because I'd be like, I just, I'd rather stay in jail than go out there. I know. No but kidding. for people with like families and stuff, that's not an option. That's if you're true. like a provider and- Exactly. Uh, it makes me scared. It's so, it's so scary. It's so scary. Speaking of scary, we're now going to get into Vietnam. So this, again, check out our Watergate episode. We touch on Vietnam a little bit and we could do a 10-part episode on the Vietnam War. And I don't really want to do that because it's just so much and it's so much nonsense. And we did so many terrible things. We did. And Vietnam is where like my uncle and my dad were drafted, but like did things or had physical exactly ailments that made them not be drafted. But so like, that's so weird to think of like- Men in our lives that we know. That we know today. So it had to be. This draft is wild. So this war, it's just raging. There's, there's so many men that they're trying to send over that they create a lottery system. They said to make it more fair for local draft boards who determine eligibility and filed previous quotas for induction. They had been criticized before for selecting poor or minority classes over overeducated or affluent candidates. Mm. And I also think that they did a lottery system to be able to get more people in. Yeah. So they're like, we'll, we'll actually take the rich ones now. That's all they care about. Exactly. It's like a good thing for society. No, it's not like they're like, well, we're going to be fair now. No. Yeah. It's- like revolutionary. <laughs> wow, guys. <laughs> we're so progressive. Okay. On November 25th, 1969, Congress abolished a provision in the Military Service Act of 1967, which prevented the president from modifying the selection procedure. So Nixon is the one who comes up with the lottery system. And so they're like, well, actually, we can let the president make this decision now. Uh, Nixon did a lot of things that were terrible, and he's a liar and a crook, and that's it. Truly. So this is how they did it. The 366 days of the year, because they said 66, because they wanted to include leap year babies. Mm, Oh, God. Yep. So they were printed, those birthdays were printed on slips of paper. These pieces of paper were then each placed in a plastic capsule, were mixed in a shoebox, like a bingo thing, where it's like mixing up all the numbers. 
and um, dumped into a deep glass jar. Capsules were drawn from the jar one at a time and opened. So the first number drawn was 258, which would be the date September 14th. So everyone who is registered, which is every male in America, if your birthday was September 14th, that means that you were drafted. You're the first round and you're going off first to Vietnam. I hate this so much. How scary is that? And like, I don't even think that's really fair. This is like what nightmares are made of. Like you literally Literally. think like, wouldn't this be the worst case? And this is what the government was regulating? Literally. So anyone born January 1st, 1944 to December 31st, 1950 were eligible in this first round. So September, so literally anyone with a September 14th birthday, it was just like shit luck and you're the first round. Poor Virgos. Poor Virgos. My fellow Virgos. I know. I'm sorry. Yikes. So um, the first birthdays uh, were drawn and then later called in to serve. So the last of these were September 24th. So they would just, yep, call out and you're just hoping that they do not call out your birthday. How terrible. Terrible. They also did like a second lottery where it was an identical process, but it was with the 26 letters of the alphabet. So I guess if your name was also then drawn, so it's in the first letter drawn was J and that was assigned number one. It just makes no sense. It makes no sense it's to like me people either. people that say their favorite color is purple, you guys will be third. <laughs> but if you say blue, you'll be fourth. It's crazy. It's, like, it's ludicrous. It's, like truly. It doesn't make any sense. It's not productive for anyone. No, wild. But as always, like we're saying, they're Two kinds of methods to avoid the draft, legal and illegal ways. Mm -hmm. So let's get into them. Conscientious objectors were one. That was a legal way. So Jehovah's Witness, Mennonites, the Amish, and Quakers all considered peace churches who are opposed to any kind of military service. Isn't it crazy that the legal way is for religion? Like that's so hypocritical even in and of itself, like separate, separation between church, church and, state. and state. And like, also like that doesn't make any sense. And can't anyone really claim that? Yeah. Like God tells me I can't go. And yeah. I am like registered as a Christian. And that's not fair either. Cause then you're also like, well, the Mennonites, you can stay, but like, if you're Jewish, you have to go. Well, religious excuses it, are somehow used for everything. For everything. And it country. really should not be. So you could also make up a health um, health condition. So during the Vietnam um, War, people would stay awake for days ahead of their medical screenings, do a lot of illegal drugs, um, or otherwise make themselves appear generally unhealthy to ab- avoid being drafted. You said your uncle. Yeah, my grandma essentially like ma- uh, made him chug like sodium water and made him stay up all night. Yes. So that they were like, oh, fuck, you are not well. You're not well at all. But- Things like diabetes, that they didn't care about that. They were like, oh, that's fine. Like you, you can, can go. You can still point a gun? Yeah, exactly. My dad couldn't be drafted because he doesn't have a pinky. And they were like, you won't be able to shoot a gun properly. It's, it's so weird. Like little things. Again, it's like cafeteria style where it doesn't really make any sense. Exactly. So yikes. Um, okay, so that was one. Um, men with children. Men with children and families who depend on, um, who they depend on those men for livelihoods are in the lower draft priority than single men or childless husbands, which I get where they're coming from, but stop punishing sing- single people. Yeah, guys, it's not really fair. <laughs> like, what if they've been trying and they just can't find the right partner? They have, like, trauma in the past that makes it hard to date. It's also us putting 
these people on a pedestal for having children, which yes, we are meant to not meant to biologically. I get it. Yes. That's like the core of everything in this stupid country. Yes. It's like your worth based on childbearing and yep. all of that. But it's like, it's not fair. Cause like we should all just be equal whether you have a child or not. And live your life the way that you want to. <sighs> yeah. What I, that it's crazy to me. So women obviously couldn't be drafted Mm-mm. because they are the ones that are taking care of the children. Women can't be drafted and just because they don't, I think, because we're the pregnant ones, that, I like, guess so. They're still not. They're still not involved in the draft process today. Interesting. Yeah, that's like a whole another discussion that's that it, exactly. we don't have time for, but we could. But we could, and I will touch on that later. Of like true equality, like why do we like t- send the men off? You know what I'm saying? Is it the narrative too of men physically are stronger? Which. Men physically usually typically are the way they are built up yeah. stronger, yes. right? But like, so does that mean like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's so complicated. I know. Well, nothing it seems to be e- equal in this draft anyway. No, it's, it's not at all. You guys are comparing single people to married people. <laughs> yeah. And if you deserve to die or not. It's crazy. And I get like, I'm glad though that like someone who has a kid, like they should have their parents still. Totally. And like, I agree with that, but it's like, how do you make those rules for someone's life? It's not fair. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Also, if you were gay and if you were not a homosexual, but pretended to be in the 1960s and 70s, and it was fine to ask back then too, um, men would dodge the draft and uh, were afraid they would Oh, and if men wanted to dodge the draft and were afraid they wouldn't be asked, they would wear women's underwear to medical exams. And I'm sure, you know, what's sick is that so many men said, they're like, fuck, because I'm like, then just say you're gay. But the shame of saying that yep. and your reputation and how a, another man would perceive you would literally make them not say it. Right. And, and their life would then be. There's on homophobia the line. on that side. There's homophobia of like, you don't want them to, it's just to serve. It's so crazy. Like, oh, just because they're a lesser, less strong male if yeah. they're gay. Or you're like worried about, like you have this crooked view on homophobia that like that thing of like men being in rooms together, that that makes that like this idea that gay people are attracted to everyone yes. that's the same sex is so fucking crazy. And this was in the 60s that this was happening. That is not long ago. At all. At all. It's very, very sad. Right. So that was one way that you could get out. Um, go to Canada. I that, was saying. That, huh? You know what I was saying? What? I just love Canada oh, so much. Yes. Once Tess was told that she was a Canadian. And twice. 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 I'm sorry. I did not mean to take that one experience <laughs> away from you. <laughs> yeah. So going to Canada, I believe... Um, but I think this was an illegal thing to do to avoid the draft. Right. Or else everyone would just be like, sign me up. I'm taking a road trip. I love maple syrup. Let's get it going. Really snowy winters. Yeah, exactly. I think that my uncle's roommate actually did this and fled to Canada for the draft, which like I, it's not that far from the U.S. No. It seems pretty similar, except like their money looks like Monopoly money. And Canada would... Yeah. yeah. Canada would just welcome them with open arms. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, upwards of 40,000 draft dodgers fled to Canada between 1965 and 1975. Many stayed in Canada after the war's end, and some even stayed after President Carter pardoned them all on this first day of office. Those who stayed became Canadian citizens. So, yeah, people would, I think Canada would be like, yeah, you 
guys are fucking crazy over there. Come over here, baby. I love Canada so much. I know, me too. Me too. Um, And then another one is go to college, which again is a very privileged loophole. Uh, Yeah. If you can pay this amount of money. Yeah, exactly. You can be out of it. College, like back then, it's, I mean, even now it's not easy to go to. But like a lot of, I don't know exactly this fact, but like a lot of colleges didn't accept people of color, women, like still. Exactly. And then it's like, well, fuck. And you have to have the money to go. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So notable examples of political figures who avoided um, or who received student deferments, Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, Dick Cheney are all like um, political figures now that were deferred. I guess Bill Clinton had one deferment from college because I think you could be deferred, like you would have to do it multiple times. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden, five deferments, and Dick Cheney, five deferments. Again, all white men. Truly. Yeah. Who all were going to like Ivy League schools. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm busy (laughs) in the cafeteria. Yeah, I can't, I can't do whatever you guys are doing. I'm like in a frat, so. (laughs) Yeah. So also getting married, although, so in 1965, Johnson changed the draft to allow married men to be drafted. So then they were like, actually, even if you're married, you could go um, if they didn't have children. But before that, um, before August 26, 1965, that being um, married, you could get drafted. And this um, caused a lot of uh, shotgun weddings, essentially, to get married. I bet. People left and right were just like, I have, of course. I I, I wouldn't. Or I'd be like, sure, just marry me. Marry me. Yeah, like, for everyone sure. can marry me for yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It just scares me so I feel so bad for people in this position. I, I really do. It's so scary. Uh, also, check out our Woodstock episode because we heavily talk about this. Like, if you were a 17-year-old boy in this time, you knew Vietnam was your fate, you were going. Um, and then last kind of way that you could avoid it is you could actually enlist. And so if you enlisted, especially, I believe most of the draft was coming from the army. So if you went into the Navy, um, and I was talking to my aunt, her ex-husband, she was talking to, he went into the Navy because he's like, I like sailing too. And then that way I'm not guaranteed to fight. Um, Studio 54, Steve Rubell, um, enlisted in the Army Reserves to avoid the draft because that means you're serving, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go over and fight. Damn. Which again is so manipulative and gross. It's gross. It's all gross. It's all gross. So those are all ways that you could avoid the draft. Wow. Um, and also in our Woodstock episode, if you haven't checked it out, someone put down as one of their health issues as compulsive masturbator. Uh, hey, <laughs> sure. <laughs> different strokes for different Yeah, folks. whatever you got to do. Literally strokes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm... We love a soundboard. We board. love our soundboard. Okay. So um, how did this draft... Like, how did the draft end? Because we... We're not being drafted today. So in the 1968 presidential campaign, Nixon had promised to end the draft... But the draft was due to expire in 1971, but Nixon wanted to actually extend it. And it um, and Congress, he wanted them to approve a two-year extension, which I'm like, you are such a fucking liar in everything that you do. Truly. <sighs> Check out our Watergate episode. Always. Yep. So, um, so, la, la, la. <laughs> okay. Um so in March 1973, 74, and 75, the Selective Service assigned draft priority numbers for all men born in 1954, 55, and 56 in case the draft was extended, but it never was. So basically, the draft just expired. Like, I don't really think Nixon really did anything 
but extend it and then it expired. Because I guess it sounds like there's times it has a certain time and then it expires and you have to renew it. Um, After Vietnam, President um, President Gerald, how do you say Gerald? Gerald? Yeah, it looked, but it spelled like Gerald. Like Gerald Butler? Yes, exactly. Mm, But I believe it's Gerald. Okay. President Gerald Ford abolished a draft entirely in 1975. But President Carter established a draft system in place today as a response to the potential threat posed by the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. So what would it take for the draft? So we have, again, obviously we know now that men have to apply and be put into the Selective Service Administration. It would take an act of Congress to reinstate the, what it would take um, is an act of Congress to reinstate the draft. So then the president would then be authorized to induct civilians through the Selective Service Administration into the armed forces under an amendment to the Military Selective Service Act. So basically it would take Congress being like, we need the draft again. And then the president would be like, okay, we have everyone in the system and here Mm, we go. Interesting. So only male persons and authorized are, are, sorry, only male persons are authorized to register for the draft under the Military Select Service Act. Congress would have to pass legislation amending the act to extend registration to women. Women make up close to 17% of the armed forces now, up about 2% from 1973. Interesting. And that is the draft. God, I mean, such a good job. Thank you so much. So much. So much information in a short amount of time. I'm very impressed. Thank and you. And I'm very so informed. And I never knew all these things. I'm very disturbed. As we always are when we're talking about the history <laughs> of this country. No kidding. Never but, been like, way to go, guys. No, that was gorgeous, Claire. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's wild. So whatever male person in your life, I guess they are in that military service, selective service act. Wow. Crazy. And then like also, I know the, the quick episodes, but then like we've got to address one day like gender, gender role or like um, gender identity or, T- totally. you know. Yeah. It's, I mean, once again, this episode could have been two hours, which is yeah. like, I commend you for it, but Thank I feel... You. Yeah, I feel very um, educated in ways I never knew I would be. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That will be the last time. Actually, no. No, it will not. (laughs) We'll never be the last time. But that was gorgeous. Thank you so much. Um, As always, guys, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Right Answers Mostly. Send us an email at rightanswersmostly at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the Lammy episodes. Yes. And continue having a gorgeous summer. Yeah, avoid that cruel summer. Uh, Lean into the gorgeous summer. Always. Always. Beautifully said. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you. And we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.